0: On today's story session, a tale about a badass girl, a dumbass witch, and the most disappointing romantic interest of all time. This is Sweetheart Roland. My name is Zach Stewart, and these are the Shadow Bear Story Sessions. Shadowverse Story Sessions, the podcast about how brutally dark and totally insane folk tales and fairy tales used to be, which in my opinion just made them way more fun. So we're going through the original versions of Grimm's fairy tales, story by story. We'll figure out each story's intended lessons and actual lessons, and afterwards I'll adapt the tale into a movie or TV show. And we are back from summer, people. And by we. I mean me, because this podcast is a one-person operation. Hope you all had a great summer. Had to take a break from the podcast over the summer to focus on a writing project, but I am so happy to be back. Oh, how I have missed all the chaos and insanity and nonsensical murder of these old-timey tales. And guess what? This is the 50th episode. What a way to come back, coming back with a vengeance, and thus begins a new chapter. Let's kick it off with a doozy of a tale titled, Sweetheart Roland. We begin. You know, I've really missed saying that. Alright, here we go. Sweetheart Roland. Once upon a time, there was a mother who had one daughter of her own, and hated her stepdaughter because she was a thousand times more beautiful and better than her own. Fuck Yeah, we got a classic hateful stepmother right up top. And this story is making it very clear that this woman is motivated just by pure jealousy and evil. One time, the stepdaughter wore a beautiful apron that the other daughter liked and coveted so much out of envy that she told her mother she wanted the apron and insisted that she get it for her. "'Be quiet, my dear child,' said the mother. "'You shall have it soon.' Your stepsister has long since deserved to die, <laughs> and tonight I want you to get into the rear of the bed and push her toward the front. Then I'll come when she is asleep and chop off her head. We are two paragraphs into this thing, and already someone's getting their head chopped off. Damn, the girl just wants the apron. You don't gotta kill anybody. Just take the apron. Gave her the choice of giving up the apron or dying, she'd be like, fine, it's a fucking apron, I don't care. God, you are insane, why did my dad marry you? But no, stepmom just has been waiting for a reason, any reason, to murder this girl. And apparently, she has a nice apron is reason enough. So here we fucking go. But the stepdaughter had been standing in a corner (laughs) and had overheard everything. She was just standing in the corner? She was literally in the room with these psychopaths as they plotted her murder. Damn, you know, it makes sense why the stepmom is so insecure about this girl being so much better than her own daughter. If they're this stupid, then yeah, I'll bet they're super jealous of her. We continue. So she let the wicked daughter climb into bed first so she could lie down on the far side. But after she fell asleep, the other beautiful sister pushed her toward the front and took her place in the rear of the bed. So the wicked daughter didn't even wake up. She got pushed to the other side of the bed and just stayed asleep. You'd think knowing that your mom was going to sneak into your room later... And murder your sister, you'd think she'd be lying still, completely awake, and super anxious about the impending murder. But no, this girl is just sleeping like a rock. Man, you know, the stepmom is right. Her daughter's a dud. It's not the other daughter's fault that her own daughter sucks at everything. Maybe focus on helping your daughter better herself instead of tearing down the daughter that's actually on top of shit. We continue. During the night, the old woman crept into the room. She felt around to see if someone was actually lying up front. Then she gripped an axe with both hands and began chopping until she chopped off her own child's head. Damn, that is dark. Her mom was feeling around the bed, and still, the girl didn't wake up. She just, just, just stay awake. If you know someone in your room is gonna get murdered later. Jesus. Also, the mom could have brought a candle or something to make sure she had the right person. If someone's asleep, a candle is less likely to wake them up than feeling around the bed and literally, like, touching them and grabbing them. This mom and daughter combo are both so stupid. No wonder they're jealous. We continue. After she had left the room, the maiden stood up and went to her sweetheart, whose name was Roland and knocked at his door listen she cried out we must flee in haste my stepmother killed her own daughter and thinks she actually killed me when the sun rises and she sees what she's done i'll be lost so the mom chopped off her daughter's head and just left she didn't verify that she chopped up the right girl she also didn't check in with who she thought was her own daughter, clearly she knows her daughter is the heaviest sleeper in the world and wouldn't wake up even with her using an axe to murder someone who's sleeping in the same bed as her. She probably hacked the bed up pretty good too. But still, she's like, oh, I'm sure my daughter's still sleeping like a baby. I'll let her get her rest. (laughs) She didn't take the body away either, meaning she's expecting her daughter to wake up the next day To a beheaded corpse. Maybe she's trying to set her daughter up to take the fall? I I don't know. This is crazy. So she kills her daughter and then sneaks out of the room. By the way, this story has given no names to any of the female characters. But the second there's a man involved, they make a point to be like, his name's Roland. That's who this guy is. Okay, so the pretty daughter goes to Roland and she's like, we gotta go. Personally, I think she should have just left before the murder took place, which must have been an option if she can just leave now. So she's got blood on her hands, too, because she chose to get the other daughter killed and then bail. Maybe she just didn't think they were going to go through with it? I don't, I don't know. Shoddy all around. All right, we continue. When the sun rises and she sees what she's done, I'll be lost. So I've taken her magic wand to help ourselves along the way. Wait, what the f- There's magic in this story? There's a magic wand? It's kind of an oversight to just not mention that there is magic in this world. And also, if the the, the mom had a magic wand, couldn't she use that for something, anything? She could have just used it to make her daughter less stupid or more beautiful, or whatever the fuck she was insecure about, or use it to take the apron, or even use it to kill the right person. Magic wands tend to be pretty useful. This lady has access to magic, and this was the best she could do with it. Wow. Just wow. Alright, we continue. She's taking the magic wand to help ourselves along the way. Sweetheart Roland stood up, and before they left, they went first to take the dead head of the stepsister and let three drops of blood drip from it onto the floor. One in front of the bed, one in the kitchen, and one on the stairs. Then they ran off. Okay, so they wandered around the house with this dead girl's head for a while, I guess. And clearly the stepmom is just as heavy of a sleeper as her daughter, because she ain't waking up either. And this is a a constant refrain of these stories, but I really have to ask, where the fuck is dad during all of this? These daughters always get treated like shit by their stepmothers, and dad is either not even there Or doesn't give a shit and is like I'm not gonna get involved He's not even mentioned here So I can only assume he's away Or at war or something Who knows The next morning when the mother got up She called to her daughter Come you'll get the apron now (laughs) We, We are way past the apron At this point mom You murdered a girl But the daughter didn't come Where are you? Here I am on the stairs, sweeping, answered one of the drops of blood. Huh. You know, that's pretty cool, actually. See, they're actually using the magic wand to do something cool. I'm not really sure how useful this is, though, because she's still gonna find the body eventually. Probably pretty quickly. So they're using magic and also risk being caught during their escape just to just a fuck with her, I guess. <laughs> the old woman went out, but saw no one. Where are you? Here I am in the kitchen, warming myself. The second drop of blood replied. The old woman went into the kitchen, but she found no one there. Where are you? Here I am in bed, sleeping. The old woman ran into the room where she saw her own daughter on her bed, swimming in blood. Yep. They were doing that purely just to fuck with her. She was horrified and realized that she had been deceived. All at once, she burst into anger and rushed to the window. Since she was a witch, could have fooled me, she's done nothing so far, she could see quite far into the world, and she spotted her daughter fleeing with her sweetheart. They were already far away, so she put on her seven-league boots, and it didn't take her long before she had overtaken them. Okay, the magic in this story is very ambiguous. Hey, if she can see so well, why couldn't she tell that it was her own daughter before she beheaded her with an axe? Not so eagle-eyed then, were you? However, the maiden knew through the magic wand that they were being followed, and turned herself into a lake, and her sweetheart Roland into a duck that swam on it it's ah, pretty similar to a previous story let's see if the see if the same thing happens when the stepmother arrived she sat down on the bank of the lake and threw breadcrumbs to lure the duck to shore but it was all in vain and by nightfall the old woman had to return home without having accomplished anything <laughs> that's the best she could do just just throw bread and hope that the duck comes over? So that means she knows the duck is either the girl or Roland, and they both know she's trying to hunt and kill them. So her whole plan hinges on them being so tempted that they're like, oh, I can't resist that sweet, sweet bread and come over there so she can kill them. Why can't she just swim out there? I mean, even if the duck came over, it's still in the water where she's throwing the crumbs. So she'd have to get into the water anyway, but instead the duck just stays in the middle of the lake, and she just sits there on the edge, throwing crumbs all day until it gets dark. I'm, I know she doesn't have her magic wand, but I feel like you don't need magic to be better at solving these problems, lady. Terrible witch, and just a terrible person in general. Meanwhile, the maiden and her sweetheart regained their natural forms and continued on their way. At daybreak, however, the witch pursued them once more. Then the maiden changed herself into a beautiful flower growing in the middle of a briar hedge, and her sweetheart was transformed into a fiddler. Did she just conjure a fiddle? Because he's still a guy. It'd be weird if she just turned him into a different-looking guy. With a fiddle. I don't know. When the old woman arrived, she asked the fiddler whether she could pluck... The beautiful flower. Of course, he answered, and I'll play a tune while you're at it. So again, this would seem to indicate that she knows that the flower is the girl. But what, she thinks the fiddler standing next to it just happens to be there? Aren't they in the middle of the forest? There's something fishy about that. Obviously, this fiddler is either the girl or the guy. Also, she asked permission To pluck the flower? We have descended into just nonsensical chaos yet again, and I could not be happier about it. So she crawled into the hedge to pluck it, and as she reached the middle of the hedge, he began to play a tune, and she was compelled to dance and dance without stopping so that the thorns tore the clothes from her body and scratched her so badly that blood flowed, and she died From the wounds. Wow. Well played. I gotta say, that's one of the more creative deaths I've ever read in any of these. We continue. Now they were both free, and Roland said to the maiden, I want to go to my father and arrange for the wedding. She replied, In the meantime, I'll turn myself into a red stone, and stay here and wait until you come back. What? Why? If I were Roland, I'd be like, yeah, okay, just like, you could come along, but sure, do whatever you want, I guess. Good plan. Good plan, turning yourself into a stone. Maybe this girl's just really having a good time turning herself into different different shit, and he's just like, yeah, go nuts. Turn Turn yourself into whatever you want. Roland departed, and the maiden stood in the field as a red stone and waited for her sweetheart a long time. But he didn't return, and had forgotten her. (laughs) Oh my fucking god. He just forgot about her? How do you forget about that time you were on the run from a witch and got turned into a duck and then into a fiddler who caused a woman to dance herself to death in a bloody briar patch? You don't just forget about that shit, Roland. Man, I'll bet he didn't forget about her. He's just busy telling everyone. That story. He just he's, he's started a traveling theater troupe reenacting this crazy shit. Damn. So he just forgot about her, got home, and his dad was like, where have you been? Go make dinner. And he just carried on with his life, I guess. Man, Roland is an asshole. When he failed to come back, she grew sad. That's very understandable. I feel horrible for this girl. Turned herself into a flower... There she goes again, turning herself into stuff. And thought, someone will surely come along and trample me. Oh, come on. You didn't kill your stepmother just to lay down and die now. You still have a magic fucking wand. All right, we continue. But a shepherd found the flower, and since it was so beautiful, he took it with him and tucked it away in a chest. From that time on, amazing things began to happen in the shepherd's cottage. When he got up in the morning, all the work would already be done. The sweeping, dusting, a fire in the hearth. At noon when he came home, the food was cooked and the table set, the meal served. He couldn't figure out how all this was happening, for he never saw a living soul in his cottage. Though it pleased him very much, he eventually became frightened and went to a wise woman for advice. She told him that there was magic behind all this, and he should get up very early some morning and watch for anything that moved in the room. Then, if he saw something, he was to quickly throw a white cloth over it. The shepherd did as she told him, and on the following morning, he saw the chest open and the flower come out. Immediately, he threw the white cloth over the flower, and suddenly the transformation came to an end, and the beautiful maiden, whom her sweetheart Roland had forgotten, stood before him. The shepherd wanted to marry her. Why? But she said no, because she only wanted to serve him and clean his house. The fuck is this shit? She has literal magic. She can do anything she wants, but she's just like, nah, I just want to do housework for you and have no friends or social interaction whatsoever. Just housework. That's all. Bullshit. This is depressing as hell. Soon thereafter... Wait, so she just lives with him cleaning his house now? Maybe she's just depressed and needs to work through all this. I don't know. Soon thereafter, she heard that Roland was about to hold a wedding and marry another maiden. Man, Roland can fuck off, I'll tell you that. This guy sucks. It was customary at this event for every person who attended it to sing. So the faithful maiden also went, but she didn't want to sing until, at last, she was compelled to do so. As she began to sing, Roland recognized her right away, jumped up, and said that she was his true bride, and he didn't want anyone else but her. Uh -uh, Uh-uh, uh-uh, nah, man, you don't get to just come crawling back now. Fuck that shit. So he married her, and her sorrows came to an end, while her joy began to thrive. The end. This ending is bullshit. This is basically just saying that her happiness is entirely dependent on the affection of some guy who completely forgets about her unless she's standing right in front of him. Uh Uh-uh. No, you deserve better. You survived an evil witch all on your own. Roland did do shit. With, with surviving and escaping the witch. You just did whatever you told him to. Roland is clearly an idiot. You can do more than just housework, or hoping that dumbass Roland comes back. And another thing, what about the girl Roland was gonna marry? She did nothing wrong. She thought it was her wedding day. Her whole family was there. The whole town was there. Everything's going great for her. And then her fiancé, the love of her life... Suddenly points to some random girl in the crowd and is like, "This one, this is my true love. I don't want to marry anyone but her." She'd be like, "What the fuck, man? This this band is a psychopath." Man, I have no idea what the intended lessons of this story are supposed to be. It starts out as a story of survival, and then it becomes a story of how desperately this woman craves the sweet, sweet love of Roland. And how she is totally broken and defeated when he forgets about her. Again, he just straight up forgets about her. So she's like, I just want to do housework forever and never talk to anyone ever again. And it's sheer chance that Roland remembers her when he hears her sing. She deserves better. You know, the girl, the other maiden who he was going to marry before the original girl showed up again, she deserves better too. But why didn't the original girl, girl number one, protagonist, who again is totally unnamed, why didn't she try to find Roland when he didn't come back? Or why didn't she just go with him to tell his parents that they're going to get married? Why was she just like, okay, cool, you go see your dad. I'm going to turn myself into a rock and hang out here until you come back. What? No. Bad plan. Go with him. Why are you hanging out in the forest as a rock? Maybe that's why... He got on with his life because he didn't want to walk all the way back out there again. Oh, but you know what? Them splitting up was what revealed Roland to be a forgetful, possibly psychopathic idiot. So it would have been a good thing if the main girl had just, just hadn't gone back to him in the end. But I think one of the actual lessons is that sometimes you could do better. <laughs> we all know those people... are super awesome and attractive and smart and they're with some asshole dud of a person who's just mean to them all the time. And then one day your awesome friend comes to you and is like, oh my god, my partner's mad at me because I forgot to clean the whole house last night like I usually do all by myself every week. Oh, I feel so guilty that I forgot. And you're like, fuck that person. They suck. Leave them already. And you're just hoping that your friend wakes up and ditches this deadweight piece of shit But for some reason, they think that this person is the most amazing person in the world. That's what's going on here. Roland is the deadweight piece of shit, and the main girl, unnamed, is a total boss. Maybe she should marry the shepherd. What's his deal? What's going on with that guy? He's the only one who shows any appreciation for her whatsoever. Granted, it's not really based on her personality, and it's just based on the fact that she seems to have no desires other than doing housework for him. So I don't really know if that's a that's a super healthy relationship either. But at least he appreciates her and doesn't forget about her immediately. And again, I always circle back to this, but what the fuck happened to the main girl's dad? He doesn't even circle back around at the end. I mean, hell, maybe he forgot about her too. Maybe he just got home, found his stepdaughter chopped to bits, and his wife and daughter gone, and was just like, huh. Yeah, That's weird, he just carried on with his own life. Regardless, a definite actual lesson of this story is that your happiness should not be dependent on the love of another person. That is my biggest takeaway. This is a cautionary tale. If you're a badass like this girl, don't let some dickhead like Roland drag you down so that the only thing that matters to you, and the only thing upon which you determine your self-worth, is that person's affection fuck that shit not a healthy relationship all right let's adapt this thing so this is going to be a movie we've we've got a, a badass girl played by Gemma Chan and she's part of this power couple who owns a business let's say it's a TV and film production company and she owns this business with her husband who will be played by Chris Pine and they own and run the business together but Chris Pine is sort of a sort of seen by most people as the face and the central figure of the company because he's more extroverted, and he's very charismatic, and let's face it, because he's a man, and that shit totally happens. But in reality, he doesn't have a great business sense, and he has terrible taste, and Gemma Chan is the one making the big decisions and taking care of business and putting the time in, and the one who's actually responsible for the business's success. But everyone always talks about how great Chris Pine is, and how lucky she is to be with him, and she kind of gets pulled into that way of thinking and goes along with it just by saying, like, well, the company's thriving and we're all making money, so I shouldn't rock the boat. And then one day, Chris Pine gets invited to this business summit. Is that a thing? Is that a thing that happens? Business summit? Well, it, well, it happens here. This billionaire invites a bunch of company leaders to the Swiss Alps to talk business and also ski and do other rich people's shit. They got a sauna of champagne, they play squash. Sure, squash, some rich guy shit. They do skeet shooting, but instead of shooting discs, they shoot baby endangered animals. They they get a rocket and launch a whole bunch of blow-up dolls into space and release them just because they think it's funny. I don't know what rich people do. Anyway, Chris Pine gets invited, and Gemma Chan is like, what the hell? We both run this company. Why are they only inviting you? And Chris Pine says, "I, I know, but you know how these guys are. They just want a boys' club. Let's just play ball. I'll go make some deals, some partnerships, and we'll make a big old pile of money. And Gemma Chan is pissed, but she's like, fine, whatever. So Chris Pine goes, and halfway through the trip, Gemma Chan gets a call from the spouse of one of the other executives who's at the summit. And this person will be played by, let's say, Billy Eichner, the comedian. I like that. And him and his partner run a big tech company. And Billy, he's, he's super great with computers, he's a tech guy. And so he invites Gemma Chan to lunch, and he says he overheard something suspicious in the background when he was on the phone with, with his spouse. So he hacks into the security system of this big mansion in the Swiss Alps to access all the cameras. And he sees that they're doing all this shady shit, doing all this illegal stuff. They're, they're having all these escorts come over and cheating on everyone. And he accesses their computers through the Wi-Fi, and he can see that a bunch of them are planning on, on merging their companies and cutting out... Gemma Chan and Billy Eichner and, and a bunch of people at the other companies and just screw everyone over and leave them with nothing. And I mean, we could raise the stakes even more and say that they're plotting to all go on a yacht trip together and stage a fake pirate attack and have, have Gemma Chan and Billy Eichner and a few others killed. Just kill everyone so that they take all of the spoils and all of the ownership of the company for themselves. And one of the reasons they weren't invited to this event is because the ruthless billionaire who's hosting it knew they wouldn't go for this evil, evil plan. So he only invited people who were terrible and selfish enough to go for it. And so Gemma Chan is like, no, fuck that. They're trying to take us out. We're going to take them out. And let's say Gemma Chan was in the military when she was younger. So so she and Billy Eichner go recruit some of the other people who are going to be screwed over by these, these asshole executives. And let's just cast some of those people as well. I'm thinking people like Regina King, Rosario Dawson... Aubrey Plaza, I don't know, Seth Rogen, Jeffrey Wright, maybe Jordan Peele, it'd be good as quiet businessmen who they're trying to screw over. Ali Wong, Randall Park would also be super good. Have fun with that casting. Go nuts. And then the rest of the movie is just Gemma Chan and this team of people who are very skilled, but very underappreciated and overlooked, raiding this estate in the Swiss Alps and taking out all of these murderous, ruthless, billionaire asshole executives. And Billy Eichner uses his tech skills Gemma Chan is a creative military badass. Have fun with it. And they end up just killing everyone in the Swiss Alps and leaving the whole place burning in their wake. And so they end up in charge of the companies, and they take those companies in much better direction and do much, much more good for the world. And they all lived happily ever after, except the assholes who were murdered in the Swiss Alps. So there we go. That will do it for this week's story session number 50 we are back don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe come on back next week for a story titled The Golden Bird man they really love a good bird in these folk tales, birds all over the place my name is Zach Stewart and these are the Shadow Bear Story Sessions